Hi, zombies and shamblers. Uh, this is Baron and the Doc here for the latest episode of That Reminds Me Of. And today we're talking all about Zack Snyder again. And this time it is Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder once again. And in case you haven't seen this show before or heard this show before, this is the show where we talk about films that we've just watched and the films that we were reminded of while watching them. There are spoilers, but stick with us. Hi, Baron. How are you? Good, Doc. How are you? I'm very well. I think we, we could almost rename this podcast as the Zack Snyder uh, I think we should. Show. The, Zack, the Zack Snyder Show. Zack Snyder's whatever the title is. Yeah. Every is episode. It, is this one not known, surely, as Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, is it? <laughs> no. Please, but, please tell me. No, no, it's not. But I think maybe it should be, and that's something we can get to. Army of the Dead follows a crazy uh, outbreak of zombie infection that comes from a different source than probably any of the other uh, zombie films that we've seen before, uh, at least that I have. This is a military operation gone wrong. For some reason, the military is driving from Area 51 with a zombie in the back of their, their truck, and then they get rammed into by a drunk couple who are leaving Vegas and release a zombie super soldier who then makes his way into Vegas and infects all of Las Vegas, turning them into alphas and shamblers and all sorts of zombie variants, at which time America takes the um, extreme but probably rational approach of like walling off all of Vegas and then calling it not part of America anymore. And then you jump forward, I think it's six years later or, or, or so, and you've got Dave Batista who's the, the buffest short order cook you've ever seen. Um, and he gets approached by a, a Japanese casino owner. It's getting more ridiculous as I, as I talk it through, um, who says, I've got $200 million in a vault underneath the, one of the casinos in Vegas. Um, they're about to nuke the whole thing and level, level the whole place, destroying all the zombies. Um, I want you to get a crack team together go in there and get my $200 million out. Um, there happens to be an old broken down helicopter in there that I want you to bring back to life somehow, an old shambler of a helicopter and load somehow all $200 million plus your entire crew onto a single helicopter and get out before they nuke the place. The old, the old 200 mil in a vault, get the team together deal. <laughs> yes. And of course, Dave Batista uh, then goes about getting together the most ridiculous crew of people he can manage to do this suicide mission slash awesome action adventure. I think that's, that's more than enough. <laughs> okay. <to say>. <laughs> uh, I, I often ask how you've come into the film. Um, you know, what, what, what's your baggage? I assume you are, uh, well-versed with Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's so much baggage when it comes to this film. I think for anyone who enjoys a zombie caper, they're going to come in with the whole zombie mythology behind them. And this one is just the latest. At first glance, it's incredibly exciting. Like if you watch the, mm. the, the first 15 minutes that was released about a week or two early, this has one of the, the most banging... Uh, credit sequences for a zombie film that could be created 
let's talk about that because you sent me the link I remember and I, I just I watched it on my phone I was blown <laughs> away it was like uh, I was transported to this other dimension I didn't realize that so much could be happening so I had really high expectations going into it I thought this was going to be just madness and I loved I actually really love is probably too strong a word but I really really enjoyed Dawn of the Dead Zack Snyder's yeah. Dawn of the Dead not Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I loved Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I enjoyed <laughs> Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead a lot. Yeah. I was looking forward to this being this being hopefully part two of that Dawn of the Dead goodness. Yeah, I, I just assumed that I'd seen Dawn of the Dead, but then I went back to supposedly rewatch it and I realized that I hadn't seen it at all. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which is sort of crazy because everyone's seen it haven't they yeah i've seen shawn of the dead i haven't seen hadn't seen dawn of the dead but (laughs) i really enjoyed it it wasn't a flawless film but it um, was really enjoyable and when i then went back and looked at the timeline of zombie films and where this comes you know well before uh, walking dead and uh, just where it is in the chronology it was Mm. obviously a really pivotal moment in the genre yeah, it was. It had sort of taken, if, I'm, if I've got this correct, and I think I do, um, 28 Days Later happened. Mm. That changed the face of zombie films because we went from shamblers to running zombies for the first time. Then maybe a year or two later, I can't even remember how long it was, um, but it's some, not long, we had Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. And that one, uh, you know, took the fast zombies, added in the Hollywood kind of fun that you that you can mm. go with that and brought back the like just the wonderful premise and setup that Romero had done with Dawn of the Dead which is the mall as a place to to withstand and hold out against zombies and it was just it was just gold it was beautiful yeah it was again not yeah. perfect but really no. fun yeah and entertaining so with that in mind and having watched the what was an awesome 15 minutes out of context when I just saw the link. Then when you go into the, not the cinema, but when you go into Netflix and, and watch it properly, <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, what, How did the, the first 15 minutes rerun for you? Yeah, great. So I think that everything that happens before the credit sequence is a warning sign that there's some cheese coming that you might need to watch <laughs> out for. Yeah. Um, because while it's entertaining, there are some signs in there that your elite super zombie is just the beginning of more crazy capoeira parkour zombies that you're going to encounter within Vegas. Mm. The first 15 minutes, I kind of let it slide. I'm like, okay, that's the one elite zombie. I can kind of go with that. Then you get the amazing credit sequence. And that just is just so much fun uh, and so ridiculous that you, you almost forget what's happened. Tell me the credit sequence again. So what is it? The whole thing was 15 minutes. I reckon you get about eight or nine or 10 minutes of the setup, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, the yeah. setup of how this super elite zombie guy gets released. But then there's just, then it sort of cuts to credit sequence. Which and is Viva Las Vegas. It's Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's all the extreme, crazy showgirls, Elvis dudes, mm. um, Vegas stuff, plus the survivors. You see their original story of them escaping Vegas for the first mm. time. Uh, not all of them escape, um, which is cool because you kind of grow attached to a couple of these characters and then watch them die. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and it's just over the top. It's probably the most money spent on a credit sequence to date. 
as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, it had some merit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's get on to the rest of the film. Clearly, yes. you're anxious to talk about the rest of the film. Where do we start? Okay. First of all, I want to know from you. You always ask me this question. My turn, Doc. Okay. Good film? Great film? Bad film? Yeah. What, what I, are your thoughts? Where, where does this sit for you? I didn't hate it. I think you might have said that before. I didn't hate it. I definitely didn't love it. I'm not sure that I liked it. Hmm. It didn't like really, really offend me. Um, and I got bits out of it along the way, but I, I just wasn't sure where it was going. It was a bit too cheesy for me. Uh, I feel that, you know, I've grown to sort of like Walking Dead style zombie stuff that looks into the human condition and survival, you know, uh, instincts and and people against people and that sort of stuff. And this just, just seemed to be seemed to be an odd tone all through mm. uh, and I could never quite get where what I was meant to be thinking. Interesting. Yes, I, I'm going to throw an early reminds me of in there because it oh. will inform everything that I'm going to say from here on, I think. Okay. So this reminded me of Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because it was Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. And I say that because mm. it was too long he spent too much time introducing all of the characters and too much time getting to the first act turning point. And it's just all of the things that you saw in Justice League, his version of it. Mm. And you, there's stuff in there that we both really loved, but I just think that also we've got this recurring theme now where Zack Snyder with free reign creates <laughs> films that are just a little too bloated. Like they're just... They're, they're full of style. There's not quite enough drive through the story and there's not quite enough substance in some areas. Or maybe it's almost like too much substance, you know, like it's substance we don't need. Yeah, it's substance as far as stuff. Yes. And not much substance as far as depth of, you know, meaning. But I think what makes this bloatedness even more pronounced is in comparison to Dawn of the Dead because... Mm. The, that's a tight film oh how tight the start is yes like the start is just glorious as far as tightness <laughs> and basically everything happens with sarah polly loses her whole family within five minutes yeah um, and you get the you get the setup for the emotion you go straight into the thrills she's goes straight into a world that's taken over before anything's happened and you're in it and this one reminds me of 1918 no what's the one we saw 1917 1917 <laughs> yes <laughs> remember how we were so impressed that we got straight into it one of those years yeah that's right exactly yeah. this yes you're right dawn of the dead is so tight and i will add craft that was written by james gunn who who is a you know pretty good at that um and this army of the dead was written by Zack snyder who i'm starting to think maybe is not very good at that um mm. the other thing about art Dawn of the Dead is that it has horror elements in it, a lot of really good horror elements in it. And this film almost has none. Like mm. the horror is almost non-existent, which is interesting. It's not the suspenseful, the good suspenseful horror is what I mean. It's got the gore, but it doesn't have the good suspense like that you get out of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And I don't like gore. I don't go for it. So if, if it's all based on gore, there's nothing there for me. And I feel that 
the the genre question is a good one because I think it's self-consciously trying to mash up genres. Like it has got the Ocean's Eleven-y stuff in with the the zombie stuff with a bit of sort of vampire twist in the alphas. So it's trying to do so many things, but doing them at a surface level that doesn't really connect. 100% agree. I think we're getting into part of the what we, I mean, it's getting clear that around what we think about this overall, but do you want to talk about some of the cool things that you found, mm. some stuff you liked, then we can get into some problems and some more depth maybe. Cool things. Um, let's see. <laughs> there weren't many that really stood out, but I I kind of enjoyed watching Dave Batista. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I really like him in Guardians and I've got about 50 dot points of why he was so bad and ridiculous. And yet still, in spite of that, I sort of I um, like it. Yeah. I find him a little bit magnetic. He is magnetic. I, I totally agree. And when you put glasses on him and make him look a little bit intellectual at the same time, uh, you can't look away from the guy. It's all those bulging muscles, his mm. weird wrinkly head forehead. Uh, <laughs> and But then just great eyes, there's something there. I, I, it's he's got it going on. I don't know what it is, and the fact that he can go all the way from, what's that film, Blade Runner, where he yeah. go from Blade Runner through to Guardians of the Galaxy, that spectrum, it's pretty impressive. I don't know much of his work. I, I know he was a wrestler. I've never seen him do mm. it. I know he did mixed, mixed martial arts or something as well, and and he does a lot of gym. And he clearly does a lot of gym. <laughs> I find it so funny that he can barely move his head and his body around. Ah. Like he, he's so stilted and it's it's just... He would be eaten by zombies instantly because he'd would. come to the first obstacle that he has to climb over and he wouldn't be able to manage it. He'd have to sort of <laughs> just roll his upper weight over the top of it like his top heavy body weight and, <laughs> and hope to land on his feet. <laughs> he reminded me of Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that wasn't going to be a reminds me of so I can in fact say if it. you were making the wrestler now they'd be I reckon they'd probably choose him to be that character over Mickey mm. Rourke anyway interesting yeah do you know what on, on the negative the the casting of him alongside the other chap is it Amari Hardwick are the big buff guy yeah the big yeah 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 the big um, guy with the saw yeah, yeah yeah I thought that was a it was a tone shifting moment when you start with a a big buff main character and then the yeah. first one he recruits on his get the boys together routine is another big buff guy i agree but at that moment it felt distinctly different it felt like a superhero movie because these are not normal people these are just no it was almost like gears of war i don't know if you know that game yeah yeah they're all, they're all huge you know and there's a distinct look to it this had that yeah which if you look at dawn of the dead what's so nice about it is it's some weedy guy and just normal, normal people. Totally um, agree. I totally agree. So, yes, Batista, great. I agree. I think that was a cool choice. I didn't love very many of the other choices in terms of casting um, in this in this film, but I thought he was good. Cinematography really stood out for me. That was one thing that I at times found challenging, but most of the time I just actually really enjoyed. And it was Zack Snyder shooting himself. Mm. Um, he was using his his old Canon vintage sort of lenses on a brand new uh, Epic, Red Epic. And it looked awesome. 
it, it, you know, he ended, he ended up with this super shallow depth of field all the time. Mm. Sometimes things weren't in focus. I'm okay with that. And it also had like these kinds of crazy lens flares and soft spots that you get with older lenses. And I just thought that was actually a, a, a real pro. I, th I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was an interesting mix, wasn't it, of enormous production be beyond anything you can imagine yep. and sort of a, a hands-on guerrilla style shoot. Yep. Um, yeah. So it had a bit of, so that was interesting. Um, and even the, I'm not sure what to make of it. You'll probably have more of an opinion, but the zombies themselves and the prosthetics and all the makeup and everything, I didn't find it very convincing in a realistic sense. Like it really looked like a stage play where mm. they put on zombie costumes. It was stylized big time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I really didn't know what to make of it. Did you care about that? Or do you like the fact that they they're doing it more? Well, I've got a sort of a soft, I've got a real soft spot for the, um, the old Romero zombie films and they look ridiculous. Like yeah. <laughs> the makeup there, um, there just wasn't the money uh, or the production scale for that. But um, so I can take anything from that through to any of them, really. I, I had no problems with it. Uh, the only thing is that I found the alphas a little challenging because mm. they weren't really zombies anymore and they were some other kind of creature and the way that they were moving. I think it was the movement that, that bothered me and the overacting. I think if you, when you combine all those things and the makeup, it started to, that started to get a bit hard for me to deal with. I agree. And, and not, not funny enough with your overacting. Like if they no. hammed it up more, perhaps you could, you know, really get into that lane, but yeah. it was almost played straight. And it, it was, yeah. it was. And I think that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to really stylize everything, but play it straight. And, it sort of works in some places and not in others. Yeah. Wow. The, the fact that they made a CG Vegas and they scanned the whole freaking city um, from top to toe. It's amazing. Uh, is pretty, was pretty cool. Uh, those are probably the, those are probably the highlights for me. Um, anything else that you can think of? Really minor, like one liners or little scenes. The, the lion mauling was yes. cool. That was cool. Yeah, when when the lion is is treating the, the bad guy like a, a mouse, uh, I I enjoyed that. Um, yes. uh, and However, I would say not as good as the revenant and the bear mauling. You know, like uh, if I was to compare, that's that for me is the the standard, the A grade standard for what that can look like. A grade maul. Yeah. <laughs> but you haven't um, seen the revenant, have you? No, 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 it's on the list. On the list. And and a related quote was I don't know who said it, but they said, it's a goddamn zombie tiger that's crossing the line, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was cool. That's a fairly self-conscious um, yeah. thing to say because it's it's working yeah. on a couple of levels. It's saying to us as the audience, this is what a crazy thing to try and do in a movie. And and that self-consciousness travels all through it to, to a certain extent. And it made me, it's a, a, a weird question, but it made me sort of wonder where it, fits in this the timeline of style in movies like it felt yeah. to me a bit a uh, self-consciousness that was a little bit dated seemed to be trying to be very now yes but it just it felt like something from my 20s <laughs> that some of that reminds me a little bit of guardians of the galaxy however guardians of the galaxy does that so well beautifully beautifully james gunn as well i believe mm. but like it does it so well that you just you know um, you can't really compare this to that. You can see that it's trying it, trying it, but mm. not really quite achieving 
what it what it's gone out to achieve. Problems. I think we've covered a few, but I've got a quite a list. So I was curious to see to hear what what you thought stood out as issues. The the main thing for me that we haven't discussed is just the script in general mm. and the lack of subtlety in the script. I know you, you know this is not meant to be um, you know Nabokov or anything, but <laughs> but still, what are some of the things? I, I just. I wrote a, I wrote a few things down. Uh, the father daughter conversation. She says you weren't there. You didn't show up. These lines have been used in every film under the sun. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, he realised he's he's effed it up. He says you and me, me and Kate, like stating the obvious. Right. And then that segues to, hey, have you seen Kate? <laughs> hey. Now that I mentioned Kate, where's now, Kate? Yeah, now that I oh, it's exactly, now I'm, that I'm, I mentioned Kate, have you seen Kate? Guys, have you seen Kate? I've been I meant to keep an eye on her all the time. Remember, that's what I said when we came here. You yeah. stick with me, lady. I know. Well, hey, that brings me to a couple things. Yeah. Plot holes. Okay, good. I wasn't going to talk about plot holes yet, but now that you've mentioned Kate, Kate's the daughter, right? Kate's she looks a bit like a a Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. That one, <laughs> Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. Oh my god, I can't, I cannot get that reference. Um, oh, really? It's been Wonder... that long since I've seen Wonder Years. The Wonder Years, the love interest in in Wonder Years is Winnie oh, Cooper. Oh wow! And um, if we're talking about the, if that's the daughter, the daughter, yeah, yeah, she reminded me of her a bit. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so there's just such a list. All right, so we've got yeah all these signposts and little things set up that actually make no sense or go nowhere in this film. It's quite incredible. First of all, tons, they have literally pallets of money that they're planning to get out. Mm. I, you know, I was even thinking, how many people can you fit on a helicopter while I was watching this? Before we even got to the money, I was like, how many are there? There's like eight of them and they're going to find an extra person and then they're going to get money. This is crazy. Mm. And then that's all before they change it to you've only got an hour and 10 minutes or something to, to pull this whole thing off because the bomb's been pulled, brought forward a day. Uh, in which case, at that point, it's just impossible. It's just like get on the chopper right now would be the obvious mm. reaction. The next one is just as they're about to do that, the daughter disappears. She just, they're just about to escape. They all realize they've got almost no time. She decides to run all the way across Vegas to another building to try and find her friend with no plan of escape. Oh. Zero, like she's got no way of, no plan for getting out. She's just- but we, we've, we've been there before because that's exactly what happened in Dawn of the Dead. It, which bit was that? Oh, when they ran ran across to the other building? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some, some complaints true. about that and there's several complaints about Dawn of the Dead, let's be honest. It's just more entertaining. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the, the same thing there, this lack of motivation, mm. well, there's motivation on paper yeah. But people just flinging themselves into stupid situations for no real reason. Horrific. And, we, and also, with no plan, as you said. Yeah. Okay. And then also just like getting the crew together, they choose a guy who's like an internet uh, whatever. He's like a sort of social media um, personality who, who can do trick shots to be <laughs> on their team. Yeah. And then we never see trick shots. We never see any cool <laughs> trick shots. In fact, he's just pretty lame in general. And yeah. then he brings a friend who actually probably is cooler than him, that that lady that gets killed like really early on. Who we don't really get introduced to properly though. 
No, she's just an extra lady. And then there's just so many things. There's this whole, whole idea of dried out zombies that will come back to life when they get wet, when it rains. And then we never see that happen. These new rules, um, rehydrated <laughs> zombies. Yes, you know, uh, slumbering zombies or whatever. Slumbering zombies. Hibernating. Yeah, yeah. But, ne- but never paying off. Like that was when that was dropped. Yeah. It was obvious to everyone, wasn't it, that there was yeah. going to be a storm and yeah. that was going to, the, they were going to rise. There was going to be like rain in Vegas for some reason out of nowhere yeah. or a flooding or something and all these zombies were going to come out up from the ashes. That would have been cool, but no, no. Mm. Even the big guy with the saw never uses the saw. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He doesn't use a saw. Oh, come on. <laughs> he must. They, they set him all up with this cool saw. And it, it, And when I first saw the saw, I was like, that is the stupidest zombie fighting weapon I've ever seen because yeah. it doesn't matter how strong you are. If you swing that thing like four times, you're done. You're tired. You've got to put it down for a, for a little rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, cut off a limb accidentally. Yeah. Oh, it just goes on and on. There's actually just a, an infinite list of crazy things that are set up and don't pay off. Oh, the zombies with the blue eyes. Why do the alphas have mm. blue eyes? Just why did the alphas full, full stop? Why did the why do the alphas know capoeira? If we're talking about the the storyline and and plot problems, I'll throw in just an, a leveler. One yes. thing I did like and I liked it because it surprised me when uh, the nerdy guy who opened it, who predicted that he'd open the safe in 30 minutes and then opened it in exactly 30 minutes. That right. time. Yes. When he then locked his mate, buff guy number two, mm. in the vault, yep. I thought, what on earth? Why has he done that? That is so silly. Mm. Uh, like he's, they've said he's, you know, it's can't be opened again. It's yes. all set up. And I, I honestly didn't, I was complaining about it. I thought it was a problem. I thought so it was I a was, problem too. Oh, you did? Good. Oh, because I said to Edith, that's a horrible way to die. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. You're going to you're, you're get a bomb dropped on Vegas. You're going to be under <laughs> 10 tonnes of concrete, slowly starving to death. I could handle the, the death, mm. like, you know, of the character. Like, that didn't bother me. I, I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't emotional about that. I was emotional about the, the logic of the guy he actually, that actually liked him Yes. Locking him there as if it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then when, spoiler alert, folks, then when it pays off at the end and he's yeah. left, I actually thought that was a really good twist that I didn't anticipate. I agree. But wait. Oh, no. Massive, massive extra spoiler alert. He ends up being bitten as well, doesn't he? That guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, which is doubly great. And that yes. bit I could see coming. Yes. But yes. Uh, the him surviving due to his mate having the thinking that many steps ahead yeah absolutely was was a cool um cool thing i reckon uh, zach snyder has the ability to to conceive of something to storyboard it to get a few plot points important plot points in there and then it's just the fleshing it out that he probably needs a bit of bit of help i think that's right i think this script um needed to be questioned more heavily it needed more drafts um, because it has all the potential in the world it has all the money in the world uh, it, it, it could have and should have been really cool uh, but mm. some of the things should have been questioned 
do elite zombies need to know martial arts parkour and capoeira no they do not they just need to be stronger and faster than the other ones that's all they need to be zombies are scary enough as it is unless that's the stunt thing. guys happen to know you know and then you, know, you might as well use those moves <laughs> they're all just got the, all of the elite zombies used to be stunt guys yeah. yeah the whole thing and and then of course just ironing out some of those holes and i think all of them could have been very easily sorted out with a little more attention um, shall we shall we go oh no have you still got no i was gonna i was gonna be able to remind me of i think we've covered all of the main issues for me oh I'm aside sure. from the fact that it took 50 minutes to get into vegas that was like a major issue for me yeah yeah we have covered it but that's yeah you know we could have started there i know right yeah, yeah I, I would have been on for the ride uh, because the the early part just did not add anything no and you can get a team together quickly mm. in these films so that's been established yeah mm. before we go on okay just a couple one one thing that sort of bugged me was the the tone shifts if you know when um that guy he's i know him from westworld oh tanaka yes yes yeah yeah he's cool i like him as an actor yeah, he's a great actor um but he was sort of getting all poetic about the, you know, explaining how it was all going to go down. And they're, they're juxtaposing that with imagery of what's going to happen. Right. Um, I, I found that just a bit too cute. And yeah. taking it's classic, me... classic heist uh, cliche, really, isn't it? They're tropes from, from every heist film ever. Yeah, but I, I thought played up uh, yes. too much. Yeah, totally agree. Actually, that's a reminds me of for me. Okay. So this film keeps getting referenced as Ocean's Eleven meets Zombies. Mm. And I think that's only useful in that there's a group of people getting together for a heist and it's in Vegas, right? Yep. But that's about as far as that reference can go because none of, none of the characters are any near as cool as an ocean, any of the Ocean's Eleven characters. They just don't have the, the sort of panache and suave gentlemanly coolness that you get with that show instead they kind of reminded me of fast and the furious but dumber on <laughs> on some level even if that's D dumber than fast and the furious yeah they're just fast and the F furious they're all bros but it kind of they know we sort of know who we are in that world and who they are and it all kind of makes sense this felt like it was more similar to fast and the furious but they just didn't have that self-awareness figured out of what what the show is um, and really, as we've established, I think only Batista was, was kind of, was good in the group. Yeah. They all had, that's actually moments. an anti-reference, not Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> no, I think, I think these, uh, anti-references are as good as references. If they yeah. remind you, if it reminds you of them. Well, I think I've got a good one. Army of Darkness. Oh yeah. Okay. Both in name and in what it's kind of trying to do. Uh, so Army of Darkness, of course, is is Evil Dead 3. Yes. The the film after that came after one of the greatest films of all time, Evil Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And Army of Darkness is pretty great in its own right. Uh, it's not just great. It is one of my rippers. <laughs> I, I, I almost like it more than Evil Dead 2. The, the, the tone is trying for something similar, trying for a, a bit of a bit of larger than life humour. Yeah. The difference is Bruce Campbell. Yes. So you've got this brilliant comic lead mm -hmm. in Army of Darkness that you just don't have driving this other film. It's, it's a yeah. 
like Bautista just plays it completely straight and he's yeah. got all these clowns around him that aren't really funny and he just <laughs> plays it straight. Um, uh, it's so true. You know what? Um, Army of yeah, Army of Darkness is, like I was saying before, tonally pitch perfect. Mm. You know, Sam Raimi knew what he was making of that with that film and he knew it. He knew exactly what he was making. It was perfect. Uh, pitch, right on pitch. I wrote that. I wrote pitch perfect tone. Yeah, yeah. This one isn't this is all mm. over the place but you can see what it was trying for so i i totally see what you're saying yeah I'm and i this, man what a great film the moment that i really was reminded of that was when the um the main alpha guy comes out on the horse and i was reminded <laughs> of the of the bad dude in like he's gonna raise his arm with a shotgun oh no the bad yeah. guy yeah okay the I'm bad the, yeah, yeah. the bad guy and i, I remember in army of darkness the, the skeleton's jaw, jaw comes out of whack every time he tries to talk yeah all these That's humorous awesome elements this one remind me of that but didn't have the humor you can't have zombies that look like that that aren't funny he, he was trying to play this straight like i i understand that it might get too camp a little bit too ridiculous but at the same time it doesn't work playing it straight in this instance either mm. over to you over to me so i think what i was what i kept thinking back to is like the zombie roots that have kind of led to this moment and for me it's romero's films Dawn of the Dead, obviously an inspiration for Zack Snyder because he's remade it. 28 Days Later brought us Fast Zombies. He brought Fast Zombies into Dawn of the Dead um, back in 2007. Oh, and bef and then after that, there we had Mutant Zombies. We've got Resident Evil. Mm. Uh, we have this great game called Left 4 Dead that introduces great mutant zombies, just amazing, uh, like really cool mutant zombies that they could have lent on here. Mm. He's got the idea of these elites, but then he makes them just the lamest version of what an elite could be. It's almost like he went, what's what's cooler than a fast zombie? Uh, a ninja zombie is cooler. And that's what he went with. And I just, I think he missed the point. He missed it. Because what actually makes those elite zombies cool and these other things like Resident Evil and uh, Left 4 Dead is that they just have extra crazy mutations and powers mm. uh, but they're essentially still kind of just hunters you know zombie mindless zombie hunters that maybe a little smarter smart enough to be able to hunt you more efficiently and use their power as well but um they don't have this whole like little caveman culture going on and and, and they, don't, they don't have love scenes where they kiss each other and then no and um and what is it with Zack snyder and and zombie babies I know he's got a thing with that, hasn't he? That's actually one of the most disturbing parts of, of Dawn of the Dead is that whole zombie baby sequence. The only thing that, that I thought maybe works here or what he was trying for is that when I first saw the face of the alpha zombie, he really reminded me of the zombie in Day of the Dead, Romero's Day of the Dead, which was the first kind of self-aware zombie Romero slowly over all the films started making his zombies more aware. But uh, even then, they were shamblers. They weren't kind of capoeira zombies. So I don't know. So what have we got there? You had... Um... Romero, uh, zombies from, from Romero through to <laughs> Left 4 Dead. So you packed quite a bit and that reminds me of. I think yes. that's cheating. I think that is it. I've covered all of mine. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll end on on one just for a slight change of tone mm. and that is the animated picture up what yeah you got to explain that oh what's happening <laughs> oh, 
What could it no, be? No, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's the, but... it's the balloon house, isn't it? No, it's not. The it's balloon the house. balloon house. <laughs> um, no, it's the use of the that initial storytelling, capturing yeah, capturing a whole story within like fifteen minutes or something to start a film that yep. says so much and does so much of the heavy lifting and just sets all the emotional tone for the for the rest of the film. Now, Up, I think, is the absolute greatest version of that. Up, uh, that just, is such a beautiful sequence. This is a great reminds me of Doc. This is a great one. Now that is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's mm. just wonderful. The rest of the film is good too, but that that sequence is just killer. Yeah. And Zack Snyder, I I didn't love it. I don't I think as much as maybe you did, but it sort of had the same impact. Like it really did a lot of work in a short amount of time. I totally agree. That 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 moment where the para shooter is coming down with his gun and you can see he's worried and then the, t- the camera tilts down and there's a thousand zombies waiting underneath for him to land and there's no way he can go that in itself is a classic you know yeah yeah and there's 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 a whole bunch of them in that a whole bunch of those little moments in that sequence that really reminded me of that game i was talking about left yeah. dead which has these huge zombie hordes in it it just had that same vibe the epic scale of it I think overall there's some things that are cool in this film, but not. it's a disappointment, I, I would say, for both of us. Is, is that right, Doc? Yeah, I won't watch it again, although I did wonder what it would be like on a rewatch. Mm. I'm not quite sure if knowing what I know now, I know the whole film in its entirety, whether that will help a rewatch and, and make me actually get into it more um, or if it will just make me hate the thing you know what i went i went back for a rewatch because i felt like i wanted to give it a second chance and i couldn't do it i said i just couldn't do it and i ended up instead just kind of dragging through the timeline and watching little bits of it Mm. and reminding myself of why i couldn't do it (laughs) cool okay well let's um let's pick something that absolutely smashes us next all right doc another one down we'll see you next time see you for episode 46 Woohoo! <laughs> Cheers. See ya. See ya.